This is the 10x Your Business Podcast with Itai Paz, session number 12. We're starting in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the 10x Your Business Podcast, where it's all about 10x your business results. Get more clients, make more money, and have more free time. And now, your host, entrepreneur, best-selling author, trainer, and international speaker, Itai Paz. Welcome back to the 10X Your Business podcast. I'm very excited about our guest today, Sean Collins. Sean, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. It's great. Awesome. You know, uh, if, if, if someone doesn't know your name or haven't heard about your name, you're probably the, what I call the veteran of the affiliate marketing world. And probably you've met and seen more entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs than most people around us. So how long have you been in, with the online industry? So I got started back in 1997, both on the affiliate and the affiliate manager side. I just stumbled across the Amazon affiliate program and joined there. And at the same time, I was working in, in magazine publishing in New York City, and I didn't really like what I was doing. So I answered an ad for a, an affiliate manager job at a, an upstart company called MedSite. They were trying to emulate Amazon by selling medical books internationally online. And so I went there, and I had no business experience, never took a business or marketing class in college. And um, I didn't know a whole lot about affiliate marketing. I just knew a few of the buzzwords from having joined the affiliate program. And so I was able to sort of bluff my way in. At that point, and um, and it just I've almost twenty years later still going strong. Well, so you currently, you know, you you're the co-founder of Affiliate Summit, right? Yes, yeah, we started Affiliate Summit in two thousand three. Myself and my partner Missy Ward, and that was back when it was two thousand three. Um, yeah, and that was um, that was actually created sort of out of frustration. There was a, another conference going on called Affiliate Force, and it was uh, created by a, a guy named Herb Bielshevsky that was from South Africa. It was a cruise out of Miami, and um, both Missy and myself were helping him. To I was referring a lot of people to use helping with travel aspects of it. And so we, we felt like it could be better because it was really focused on the party atmosphere. The website had pictures of people just drinking and gambling and things. And there wasn't really much of a focus on the education. And so um, when we went to him with that, he was very dismissive and we were frustrated about that. And we, we chatted about that on one of the boats. And, and in 2003, I just called her about a month after one of those events and said, have we tried to do this ourselves? And um, it didn't really make sense because neither one of us had any kind of experience at all with an event, even a meetup, but we just, um, we felt like there were, the industry needed something and, and it wasn't happening with this guy. Well, well I think the, the affiliate summit today and past, you know, I've been there from almost the beginning. I've been in the industry for two decades and, you know, affiliate marketing and everything. So this is definitely the show. And it evolved and changed a lot. And you know what? Not just the show, you know, it's, a, it's the biggest show now. Like you said, lots of education. Uh, what do you think are the changes that actually occurred uh, in the past 13 years since you had the show, not in the perspective of the show, in the perspective of uh, affiliates and the business side? I guess part of it's that, um, that affiliate marketing has diversified a lot because back then it was pretty much, I guess, 
email, paid search, and some content, and it truly expanded into all social media, and bloggers became a much more prominent thing, so it wasn't just like a, a simple content site, and then coupons and, and deals and cashback sites, and it became a lot more sophisticated now that we have like big public companies like Retail Me Not, where it used to be sort of a, a guy in his basement making an affiliate site. Now we've got companies that have dozens or hundreds of people that are affiliate sites, so it's um, really changed in that aspect. And we've done as much as we have been able to to try to expand the tent. So we, instead of just being solely focused on affiliate content, we've tried to broaden it a lot and bring a lot more people from search and social in different areas. Since all affiliates are working in those spots anyway, but so we have a probably our content is maybe 15 percent specific to affiliate. And then a lot more with email or social media, paid search, organic search, different things like that. So basically you're saying today if you're an affiliate marketer or business that wants to get traffic, basically you need to know internet marketing, which is everything. It's not just affiliate marketing. It's just one aspect of that. Yeah, so a lot of times when you'll see different channels and online marketing, they refer to affiliate marketing as one of them. But affiliate marketing really – affiliate marketers – utilize all the other channels. So I'd say affiliate marketing is almost an umbrella of everything else since we're using everything. So it's not just one singular area of marketing. So it, it, from your eyes and from your perspective, you know, I say any business should eventually look into affiliate marketing and getting traffic on an affiliate model. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Um, yeah, I think uh, for the most part, but I guess in some cases, if it's a very niche item that it's really going to be impossible to find affiliates or, or some B2B companies where it's just a, a very high-ticket item and a very small audience, I think they wouldn't really necessarily be able to work with it. But any, anything that has some kind of broad appeal, it's, it's like a real retail item or just something that's uh, any kind of product or service that's going to appeal to the masses, I think it, it should be an automatic thing to have an affiliate program. So you're saying basically if I'm a business and I sell to the mass, so it's not like I only sell for the people you like in, the, in, in, in my block or in my neighborhood or city. If I'm more global in terms of uh, state-wise or maybe the entire U.S. or in the entire world, then you definitely, it doesn't matter what you're selling, you should be looking into your company. Yeah, I think at least, uh, at the very least, you should test it. And, um, and an important thing there is that I've, over time, I guess for about 10 years I spent as an affiliate manager, a lot of it outsourcing to companies, and I ran into so many companies, some very big brands that would say that affiliate marketing doesn't work, and it was because they didn't really invest the time and the resources in it. They just threw some intern into it and tried to have them figure it out instead of actually having somebody that knew how to manage an affiliate program and to build it and to recruit and to maintain these relationships. That, that's always the biggest challenge, you know, when we're talking about free track traffic versus paid traffic. So people think, okay, affiliate marketing is free, right? It's free. Well, it's, it's, it's not free. You pay for it only by results, which is awesome. But in order to get affiliates, you need to spend resources, which means time and money or both or one of them. But you need to spend something in order to get it. Yes, absolutely. And the... That's the problem where a lot of people, they look at it sort of like a similar to a media buy or paid search where you can just sort of set it and forget it to a degree. I guess you don't want to do the paid search. You can really lose your, your money big time there. But, but it's something where they feel like they can just sort of set it up and, and it'll somewhat run itself. And that's, 
those are the affiliate programs that get hit by fraud because when they're not being attended to. So let's try to give uh, Sean like a more, um, you know, like a AB, one, two, three, what, you know, a business owner, you know, listens to, to this podcast and say, oh, that's awesome. I want to do affiliate marketing. So there's two things you need to know. One is what are the steps you need to do in order to begin one. And the second thing is the different models because most people think it's just paper sales. So if you, Sean, is, you're my affiliate and you're sending me a client, when he buys, I give you a cut, a percentage of that. But it's not just that. There are a few other models. So can you refer to the different models and also to uh, a business owner, what he should do right now if he says, okay, I like it. What do I need to do next? So I guess as far as the models, for the, the majority of companies that are selling some sort of product, they're usually on a revenue share basis. So 5%, 10%, whatever their margins allowed for their products. And then for there are a lot of companies that charge or pay for lead, maybe if it's some, something that's like insurance or or debt consolidation, uh, different things where it's a, it's more of a, a flat fee kind of a program, so they would spend X amount. Also, that, that applies to companies like a lot of B2B like hosting companies. They'll give, say, $125 for a new account signed up through them, and then I guess they just hope that it's going to stick around for a year or two. So um, so those they'll do, so revenue share, paper lead, and then, then they're – in the early days, there were a lot of people doing pay-per-click for affiliate programs, but that's pretty rare these days. And um, it was it was wonderful back in the late '90s when when there was the company GoTo that became Overture and later Yahoo Search, and you could buy penny clicks. And there were some affiliate programs that would pay ten cents per click, so you could go and buy it for a penny at Overture and and just direct it over to this these various affiliate programs and, and just multiply your your commission by your investment by ten. But that's um, they, those affiliate programs got clued into that after a while, and so those have sort of gone by the wayside. But um, as far as the process for getting started with it, there are um, two key areas I would say. So you need a technology for the tracking and reporting, and so there are a lot of affiliate networks that provide that service, and then you need an affiliate manager, which you could either have in-house or you could outsource it. There are a lot of companies that are agencies that are dedicated just to affiliate management. They're called OPMs which stands for Outsource Program Manager. And so it's, uh, it depends if you can find a, a skilled person locally or if you want to have somebody remotely. In a lot of cases, in a lot of areas, you can't find a, a qualified person to run your affiliate program. So it can make sense to outsource it to a company who, the one issue there is that they might have some, one of your competitors in their stable clients. And so you might be concerned about a conflict of interest, but but a nice thing there is that a lot of these affiliate managers, they have these relationships they've built over years so they can scale your program up a lot faster than, than somebody who might be in-house that's relatively new to it. Okay, great. So, you know, one, and once it works, and it's amazing, right? You get, I would say, like, we say unlimited traffic, but you, you do get a ton of traffic. You can work with more affiliates and you get revenues and you take no risk. The risk is not on you because it's all about the right clients sent to you which is awesome. But on the other side, you know, what would you say uh, is the one thing you would tell someone, a business owner or entrepreneur wants to begin an affiliate program for his business? Uh, what is the one thing or two things you would say, be careful or don't do? Like the don'ts. Well, I guess um, don't neglect the program. Be sure to have a, a person that's attending to it and, and making sure that they're checking everything to be sure that nobody's trying to rip them off in any way. And I guess to a degree with, with a revenue share program, it's not 
as much of an issue with uh, people trying to commit fraud. But there are some affiliates out there that will try to stuff cookies and different things. They'll try to sneak in there and sort of insinuate themselves into the, the whole purchase process, and they don't actually provide any value. And uh, that's, a, that's one issue that some people have had with some of the coupon sites because uh, if somebody comes to your site and you're selling some kind of product and you have a box there for a coupon code but that person doesn't have a coupon, they might go back and, and search on a search engine for XYZ company coupon code and then one of the coupon code companies jumps in there and they sort of insert themselves into the process but they didn't really bring any value. They just lowered the profit for you. So that's something to bear in mind and and some companies in the past have even had in the, the whole process for a customer that comes through an affiliate, they've removed the coupon box so it doesn't tempt somebody to go looking for it because you're, you're just driving somebody away if they don't have a coupon already. So that's definitely an issue to consider there. But also the, the cookie stuffing. So an affiliate manager would look and they'd see if, if somebody has a, a very low rate of conversion. If you're typically seeing 2%, but some affiliates are, are only getting like um, maybe a, a tenth of that or a hundredth of that for their conversion rates, you might want to look and see why they're supposedly sending so much traffic and it's not converting. Oftentimes that's because they're they're just using some kind of process to plant cookies on, on customers and so they're not actually ever clicking through and and even knowing that they're going to that site because it's a sort of a hidden transaction, so they'll do that hoping that the person will hit that site within their cookie range and, and that, that affiliate that that sort of um, questionably referred them will get a commission for it. So it's it's really key to to manage these affiliates and see know what they're doing, how they're referring that traffic, who they are, and their whole process. So um, I'd highly suggest that, that anybody who has an affiliate program to focus more on on quality affiliates over quantity. And um, years back, there used to be companies who put press releases out because they two thousand affiliates. And that was a, some big measure for them. They were very excited about that. And they, it didn't matter the fact that maybe a half of 1% of those were active. But they, they still put those press releases out and they got high fives and they got investment dollars because they had 100,000 affiliates. And it was such a, a wrong-headed um, approach to the whole thing. And, um, and that also brings up another thing where a lot of people, they very aggressively recruit affiliates, but they have no program in place to actually activate them. And so that's something that I always had I keyed in on because it's a lot harder to recruit them than it is to activate them. But so many companies don't bother to do that. So once you have them in the door, you've already gotten over the, the hard part. So you should focus on training them almost like they're employees in the company. You have to give them the tools and the awareness on how to who to target, what your best-selling products are, and make it as easy as possible for them to succeed. But so many people are just on this scramble to recruit and recruit and recruit, and then just they leave them flat when they actually come in the door. Well, I, I want to uh, emphasize one thing you were talking about, like the last part was about recruiting affiliates. So being an affiliate manager, which you were in the past, and I recruited affiliates to our businesses as well, uh, you're selling something, but you're selling something you don't get paid, you don't get money for that. So you, someone says, hey, Sean, you know, my business is great, I have these products, please promote me. You say, yes, that's great. But saying yes, like you said, it's not, it's recruiting. Yeah, it's recruiting, it's part of the process. But the fact you said, yes, it's still, you didn't give me the check. Basically, the next step is to have you activated. Either do the campaigns or put the emails, put the links, whatever it is that you're doing marketing-wise. So people think about, and you talk about quality. I'd rather work with 10 quality people who say yes and actually deliver 
versus hundreds of people say yes and you keep on you know chasing uh, the rabbit and, and you never get anyone actually deliver you longer term quality traffic so it's a really valid point yeah and another thing there too is that not in addition to not focusing on activation a lot of affiliate programs don't focus on retention so once you have that active affiliate then they might get the attention of some of your competitors and they'll try to recruit them away so it's really important to make sure that they're happy with you and to do whatever you can to, to keep them there because if they feel like they're they're being ignored or not appreciated they might walk to your competitor so always make sure that you have a competitive commission that you're converting well and you're you're keeping the affiliates happy with the performance of the site because they they're counting on you to have a quality conversion to close those sales and and to track them well and if you're not doing that they're going to go somewhere else awesome I, I i want to share one more thing you know you were talking about earlier about uh certain percentage so you need to know your margins in order to decide the the, the percentage you give to affiliates there was one thing i i heard one from a big client of mine it's actually was is one of the biggest airlines in the world. And the first thing the CEO said about, uh, he said, I'm limiting the budget towards paying affiliates. I said, what? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to pay more than Nightfly. It was like $200,000. Why do you care? You should be willing to pay billions of dollars to affiliates. It's the percentage you need to call, not the, the amount. The amount is from sales. So people don't understand the budget is over the managing of the program. The people... Like I said, the software, everything. But eventually, you want to pay as much as possible because these, these clients are valuable for you. And you take no risk on that. You pay only for money you get in. This is a, a very important thing. Now, you know, I want to talk to you about a little bit on this, the personal side. So I know you have, uh, you have houses in a few places. You, you, you're living the, what we say, the internet or the advanced entrepreneur, internet entrepreneur lifestyle, internet lifestyle, whatever you call it. Um, so, you know, what are... What are you know, what is it is for you, like, living the life that other business owners want to, to build for themselves? Yeah, I guess I, I spent a lot of my early years in affiliate marketing just working like a dog with multiple jobs. I would work a full-time job at a company where I was managing our affiliate program. Then on evenings and weekends, and on my train rides and my commute, I would work on managing these affiliate programs. And I was also acting as an affiliate myself. And I used to take pride on just doing this grind and barely sleeping. But at some point, I realized that I was having no time for any kind of social life or even with my family. I would leave in the dark, and I'd come home in the dark, and and just there wasn't really much happening there. So I, I guess about six years ago, I realized it was important to have some kind of balance. And so I, I scaled back the hours I was working, and I didn't lose any productivity. So I guess a lot of times I, I was I was finding that if I was my wife would go to sleep and I'd go back to work at eleven o'clock at night, and then I would usually have like a movie on or something. So I was I was working. But it wasn't really working. I was, I was just answering the email every 20 minutes while I was watching a movie. So it was, it was really a poor waste of time. It wasn't very satisfying. So then I started, I realized that it was so much more healthy for me to get outside and exercise or go out on a boat once in a while and, and just be outside in fresh air or meet friends for maybe a, a two or three hour lunch and just enjoy things. And, um, and so I've been sort of in that mode for for years and haven't slipped at all productivity wise, getting things done, maintaining inbox zero, growing my business. And, um, and like you mentioned, I'm in a couple of different places. So I, so I have, um, and I work out of both New Jersey and Austin, Texas, and uh, just depending on what's going on. And, and so my family will be in one place or the other. And, um, 
so it's I enjoy doing that and also traveling a lot. We for Inflate Summit, we also do some satellite events. We were in Toronto last week and Chicago the month before that and and we just so we do big events as well as some small ones to meet with people around the world or around the country. Awesome. So, the, so you know, I do want to share with people the Philip Summit. Like I said earlier at the beginning, it's it's. I think it's the best show you can ever attend, especially in your if you're looking in the United States and I think even worldwide. You have two main events. One is in in New York and one is in. Las Vegas, if I know correctly, and I attend most of them, is Las Vegas yeah. is usually around January in Las Vegas, and then New York is around August, right? Yes, so this year New York is going to be July 31st, August 2nd, and Las Vegas will be next January. And so New York is the sort of the smaller one. It's about 5,000 people, and Las Vegas is over 6,000. And so at Vietnam, and while they're both located in the U.S., they draw a big international crowd, even more so with with Las Vegas, and um, which is surprising to me that, that a lot of people from Europe and Asia and Africa would prefer to go to farther to go to to Las Vegas. I guess the the nightlife is enticing to me. I, I would I prefer to be. I'm not a big into gambling and things, so I prefer to be in New York myself. But the people seem to Vegas. Shows in terms of the atmosphere, but. They're great shows, and, and, and I agree with you. You know, we always laugh, you know, I'm in Israel, uh, you know, our audience know that, and we always laugh that, you know, there's a big chunk of Israelis coming every year to both uh, big events, and, and we're meeting there. So we can meet any day here, but we, we actually use the time to meet in the U.S., which is, which is awesome. Um, and, 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 you know, in, in one more perspective, which is important, you know, we met like a few months ago, uh, in, in uh, was it San Diego? San Diego, yeah. Traffic and conversion, and and this is like you said, this is the time for you. Actually, you know, if I come to affiliate summit, having lunch with you, much tougher. <laughs> you know, you're a little bit more busy in these events. But when we met, like on a different time, and this is what I'm telling people: you should be in these events. This is time for networking to know the right people to 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 uh, go to. There's an expo, so you can meet, meet all kinds of. Vendors, ideas, technologies. This is where it happens. It's very important for you to be in this kind of event. So, Philip Summit, like I said, it's an amazing event. Uh, Sean, I want to ask you one more thing. Uh, what are your goals for the next year? So, what are you looking to do? You know, are you just keeping it the same thing, or you have like vision, a different vision for the next years? I guess uh, we have sort of a strange setup with the Philip Summit, where we we prefer to always have all of our events in hotels because we like the community aspect. People are all hanging out, and since they're staying there, they're in the lobby, they're in the restaurants and different things. And so it really has more of a cohesive community versus a, a big sort of sanitary convention center. And so we've really hit our cap as far as growth for New York and Las Vegas. There aren't really hotels that can fit more people. So our choice is either to maintain that or to go to a venue we don't really like. So um, basically, we, we're happy just to, to stick with what we have and and maybe uh, we're exploring going outside the U.S. to to um, some other areas. But uh, as far as growth here, we we're just sort of happy to stick where it is since we can't really there aren't really hotels that take a bigger crowd. So we're we're exploring different countries to to expand to, and and it's interesting of all of the countries that come after the U.S. Obviously, has the, the biggest number of attendees then. Canada second, and Israel has the, the third biggest delegation of people that come out, so that would be sort of a logical place for us to be at some point. 
awesome. He's yeah, a, he's a good, he's a good city. He's a good country for that as well. Um, lastly, you know, Sean, uh, do you wanna? Uh, we didn't talk about the affiliate side. We talked about the business owners, which is which is okay. This is what I wanted to talk about. But just maybe for the vendor itself, for the business owners, you know, if you, what would you like to maybe share with them how the affiliate actually thinks? So affiliate sees your program. What does he think about your program? So they, they really wanted to see what, what's unique and why it matters to them to, to promote that company. And it's, I'd say the, one of the most important currencies outside of actual money is the relationship. And so affiliates want to be treated with respect. And so it goes beyond just giving them 10 or 12 or 15%. They, they want to feel like they're a valued partner and that they're appreciated. And so I, I think um, the companies that do the best really focus on having those relationships versus just trying to make it a transaction. And so um, to do that and also, but you certainly also need to be competitive with your commissions and things. But I, a lot of, outside of the, the actual affiliate summits where people get together, there are so many companies are having dinners for their bigger affiliates or taking them on unique excursions and things on, say, a, like a, a yacht on the Hudson River in New York or something. And they, they try to really pamper them and make them feel important and just give them experiences that maybe they wouldn't, wouldn't really indulge in themselves very fancy restaurants or a, a suite at a big sporting event. So I think that's something to consider and to budget in is to, to really show appreciation for the, especially the, the bigger, the quote unquote super affiliates. And so, you, so to retain them and also just to keep them happy in general and productive because just because they joined doesn't mean they're ever going to actually send you one click. Awesome. And, and of course, one more thing, which would be, I would add, uh, pay them on time. So if you say you pay a certain date, you know, that's the base, right? Because, you know, things people don't understand, business owners don't understand. An affiliate is basically, this is his business. This is his salary. So if you don't pay him on time, he doesn't have money to pay rent or buy food for his kids. So it's very important for business owners to understand that it's really a key point that I see as an affiliate as a business owner as well. Uh, and also you talked about uh, 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 affiliate, super affiliate. So do you want to say just what's the difference, you know, between how do you dif differentiate between them? What's the difference between a super affiliate and affiliate? I guess it would vary from company to company for how they, they really were to gauge that. But I would say probably your, your five or ten biggest producers – for, and usually, like uh, people, they used to say that affiliate programs are typically run in like a, a Pareto principle of like an 80 20 rule with 80% of the activity from 20% of the affiliates. But I think it's probably more like 98 2 with the majority of affiliate programs because they aren't really activating their affiliate, their affiliate base well. So it's, um, it's those, the top 1% or less of your affiliates that are really making things happen. So they would be, to me, the super affiliates. And assuming you have a program with maybe um, at the most thousands of people, and I think even that is, you can't realistically have relationships with thousands of people. So I think hundreds is a very fine number for an affiliate program. So it'd be somewhat exclusive about who you let in there and then actually have relationships with them, know where that traffic's coming from, and just have enough affiliates that you can actually reach out, whether it be by IM or phone or email, at least once a month individually with them. 
Awesome. Sean, listen, I want to thank you very much. You know, for me, it's a privilege, you know, to, you know, we know each other and we, we spend time a lot together, but uh, this is like our time to share with the people and give them more uh, understanding about the affiliate marketing industry, what changed, and you shared lots of valuable information. So I really want to thank you for that. Oh, thank you for having me. It was great chatting with you. Great. And again, guys, you know, uh, Affiliate Summit, uh, remind me of the dates again. So it's July 31 to August 2nd this year in New York City at the Marriott Marquis right in Times Square. And in, in Vegas, it's in January? Um, Vegas, let me look at that date real quick. Uh, it's <laughs> January 15th to the 17th in Las Vegas at the Paris Las Vegas Hotel. Awesome. Yeah, it was in Paris, I think, last time as well, right? Was, yeah, this will be the third time we're there. It was an awesome hotel, great hotel. Great. So thank you again, and thank you, everyone, for, for listening. And uh, keep on staying tuned. We have lots more to come. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the 10X Your Business podcast with Itai Paz at www.itaipaz.net slash podcast. We will be back with another great podcast next week. If you're digging what you're hearing, your next step is to go to iTunes and in the search box, type 10X Your Business. Click on Itai's picture and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're feeling generous and you want to help other business owners and entrepreneurs like you to find this podcast, then give us your rating and review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one.